You're listening to episode 20 of the Business Life and Coffee Show, brought to you by Jumpstart HR, LLC. Every year in March, we Americans celebrate Women's History Month. With its roots going back to the 1980s and work done by the National Women's History Project, The Women's History Month is a crowning achievement for the organization's task of writing women back into history. Today I'm joined by an innovator in her own right who is taking over in the realm of women's entrepreneurship, Janine Truitt. She's the Chief Innovations Officer at Talent Think Innovations LLC and founder of the Aristocracy of HR. She's also an entrepreneur and a speaker. Her business, Talent Think Innovations LLC, is a multidisciplinary business strategy and management consulting firm dedicated to helping businesses and individuals alike realize their potential and achieve their goals through the development and execution of practical and sustainable strategies in the following focus areas, HR and talent management strategy, executive and leadership coaching and training, career coaching, brand influencer marketing, startup mentorship and advisement for women, and a whole lot more. I call her a really great friend of mine and I can't wait for you to hear our episode. Grab a cup of your favorite brew, and let's begin. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Business, Life, and Coffee. I have as my very special guest, Ms. Janine Truitt, who is the CIO of Talent Think Innovations, LLC, and CIO stands for Chief Innovations Officer. Janine's a really good friend of mine, and we met through our networking in the HR arena. Uh, Janine, why don't you... Go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your company. Hi, thank you for that. So I'm Janine Truitt. I am the Chief Innovations Officer for Talent Think Innovations, LLC. I have been an HR practitioner for over 10 years, spent a lot of time in technical industries, so research and development, pharmaceuticals, scientific, healthcare, um, mainly for federal contractors, so I am very well versed with uh, diversity and inclusion initiatives and OFCCP compliance and spent a lot of time in recruitment, talent acquisition, and talent management. Okay, great. And do you work mostly with smaller companies, larger companies? Does it not really I matter? Work, I work... I, my intention was really to work with startups and uh, small to mid-sized businesses. I still do that, but I have a decent mix of clients that are a little bigger than small to mid-sized and startups. So at this point, I would have to say it doesn't matter. Um, and I should probably also add that what I do for them in the scope of my business, because I kind of talked about what professional I am, um, is I work specifically with these companies on how they affect strategy where it comes to attracting, retaining, and developing talent. So no longer recruit or do anything like that, but I'm more interested in the strategies behind how people are attracting and retaining and developing their workforces. So you're like the, uh, you're like the, the, the secret weapon for these companies that are growing out there and, and killing it with the recruiting. You're, you're telling them, you know, how to make the pieces fit and how to get their culture developed. And um, it's a, a lot of things that a lot of companies maybe think they can get right on their own or think they have an accurate perception of their, of their business and their brand. Uh, but you're, you're really like a, a coach, right? That you go in and, 
and you help them really focus on what's important in, in the talent acquisition space. Absolutely. I see myself as a coach to the C-suite, but I also see myself as a friend and strategic partner to the actual teams that are in the trenches. There, there mm-hmm. are just many instances where uh, the people that are in the trenches may have lost their way for whatever reason. You know, maybe uh, business has picked up and C-suite hasn't quite figured it out and they're just inundated and they don't have the time to really focus on strategy anymore. I'm not there to take their jobs. In fact, I don't want their jobs. I'm literally (laughs) there to kind of just help them think about things in a different way and to hold their hand and be that person that understands what it's like to sit in that seat, but also to help them become successful again in their role. A lot of us have that feeling where we, we want to start a company or we want to launch a startup and we've got this really great idea. But I'd like to hear from you, um, not about the moment you knew you wanted to start your own company, but at what moment did you know that you needed to start your own company? So this is going to sound kind of wonky in a sense, but it's <laughs> all true. So I want to say back in 2013, it was a bit of a tumultuous time in my professional life in the sense okay. that I was um, in a really good place, I believe, uh, organizationally in the sense that I had, I was not just recruiting and relegated to doing the recruitment, but I was kind of being elevated as in talent management, uh, I guess, you know, um, talent management go-to person within the organization. And so I was getting a lot of projects and I was being effective in those projects and really getting things going. Um, And at this time I was working in the national laboratory system. Mm -hmm. The issue with that is that I was wearing about three to four hats when it was all said and done. And I wasn't really getting the recognition um, that I was expecting to get for doing that said work. And it became a bit frustrating to me. And of course, I did all the stuff that, you know, you hear about in blogs and articles. I leaned in. I rebutted my performance evaluation, which wasn't bad, by the way. It was just Mm -hmm. not all I wanted it to be. And I was trying to get more out of the situation. And it just wasn't jiving. And at the same time, there were some things going on in government. There was the government shutdown, which was then somehow being trickled down to federal contractors, which we were. And so Mm -hmm. suddenly we were all looking at a situation where we were maybe a week out from actually shutting down the laboratory and me not actually having any money (laughs) whatsoever to pay my bills. And that's the reality of it. And so it was, for the very first time in my life, a very real situation and not one that I felt I signed on for, but I really did. And um, it was just very uncomfortable. And it was a feeling that I never want to feel again. Um, And at that time, too, I was also emerging as a social leader, if you will. I was doing a lot of Mm -hmm. things on social media. My blog was kind of blossoming and I ran into and met a lot of mentors um, that, you know, were having these offline conversations with me and basically all telling me the same thing. Like it was almost like divine intervention. It was weird. It was each one of them saying, you know, you've outgrown this role, time to look, or 
it was, you know, that idea you told me about this business that you wanted to start in 10 years, it needs to happen now. And I wasn't prepared for any of it, quite frankly. Um, but the more that I continued to hear it and then just being so close to literally losing my livelihood, um, I said, you know what, I really just never want to be in a situation again where I have to rely on another person, entity for my livelihood, for my well-being. And so, um, and I forgot to add, Sandy happened too, <laughs> which was a whole nother yeah. thing. And I had right, right. some damage to my house with that and it was just crazy. And so like all of these things just kind of catapulted me to this is the time. Start the business, even if you don't go full-time in it right away. It's something you can have to build a nest egg or to build it gradually. And so I did it. And so that was my, my aha. Yeah. And, and it's been, it's been awesome to see your, your development over, over the, these last few years. I, I remember when we met, you were working at the contractor. And, uh, honestly, my impression, I was, I was like, she already has her own, her own business because your your presence on social was so great and that you're blogging and you're, you're building your tribe and your tribe is actually responsive. Uh, so, you know, you had all the pieces there. So this is just a great natural possession, uh, progression for you to have launched your business and, uh, you know, continuing in the path of, of, of what you set out to do with, with talent management and the things that you're really good at in that space. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. I think, the key thing that I would want anybody to know about that whole story is, you know, I know a lot of people still kind of poo-poo the whole idea of social media and they see it as this larger than life thing and don't necessarily know that there's a way or a reason for them to be involved. Um, but I literally attribute a lot of my current success to the fact that I got thrown into it when I didn't really want to be thrown into it, but that I actually took the time to get to know what social media was and what it can do for me. And it just blew my network wide open. I mean, I was good at networking before, um, but this just blew it wide open to the point mm -hmm. where instead of having one said mentor, I've got like a legion of people <laughs> that I can call at any given time for advice on a myriad of concerns, issues, ideas, whatever. And there's just something so um, magnificent and powerful about, you know, being able to do that. So there's my, my social media soapbox. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> That's that's very much needed, and even now there's still this the stigma of oh well why do I need to be on Twitter why do I need to be on Periscope? Well, whether you are a job seeker or, and I would say even more importantly, if you're looking to start a business, people need to know about you, and people need to know what it is that you do, and they need to see some form of social proof that says oh well this person should be taken seriously because you know I've I've seen what they they've written in. Um, they're really, they're really a subject matter expert on, on, on Twitter and, uh, it, it's really important. So, uh, thanks for getting that, that out there about social, you know, you, you're, you're really great at fostering relationships and networking, uh, and social media is a part of that. Uh, do you see networking as a personal strength that you've always had a key business skill that you've had to develop 
or is it somewhere in the middle with a little bit of both? I think it's a key business skill for me. Um, only be, and I say that only because I am an introvert. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just am, and <laughs> <Me too. laughs> um, I, I'm very much more comfortable in my own corner, in my own head, um, thinking a lot and, and doing that kind of thing. And so it's never been really a comfortable situation for me to put myself in a public scenario and speak to people or put myself out there to meet people. That That's just not something that um, I would ever endeavor to do naturally. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I, you know, over time have recognized what works and what doesn't work. And I'm, I've always just been very focused on constantly just keeping it moving and moving my agenda ahead. And that's just one of those things that you must master whether you're comfortable with it or not. And there are a lot of different ways to get comfortable with it. I think I've just um, kind of pushed myself over the limit in a sense and out of my comfort zone to get good at it. So it may appear that I am really good at it. um, But, you know, a lot of times I am like secretly sweating inside (laughs) that I'm doing it at all, you know, or I'm secretly cheering myself on and saying, yay, girl, you did it. You know, it's, (laughs) it's like that Beyonce, Sasha Fierce kind of thing. (laughs) You know, she gets on stage, she becomes Sasha Fierce, that that would be the equivalent of me. Oh, man, the the alter ego. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Take the lens a bit off of you know, off, off your business on, on Talent Think Innovation. And let's look at our nation as a whole. I saw a recent study uh, in the Atlantic, and it said that the number of women-owned businesses in America has grown 68% since 2007. What do you think is driving this growth? So I want to add to that statistic. I also read on, okay, and I want to, I want to say it was Fortune, that says that so 68% that's overall for women in general, regardless of, you know, individual demographics and race and things like that. But for African American females, I believe the statistic is something like 320% since 97. Wow. So, so African American females actually exceed that number, um, of, you know, even what the average is of 68%. And, um, that I think is, even far more fascinating than the <laughs> fact that, you know, 68%, that's 68% on largely just because you don't hear a lot about it. And when I yep. read it about a month ago, it, that was the first I was hearing of it. And it kind of, you know, made me puff my chest out a little bit more yeah. just hearing it because um, I think it's a great thing for women in general, but I think it's an even greater thing for women of color um, yep. that we're taking that leap of faith because I don't think it is, um, it's not culturally taught. It's not part of our fabric in general to want mm-hmm. to go into entrepreneurship. Um, and I think I can say that pretty generally. I mean, you're generally taught as a woman of color or a person of color you, the right way, the, the so-called, you know, in quotations, the right way of yep. doing things, which is, you know, you go to school. You, you pick something that makes sense that you can make money in and you know you go to you after that you go you get a job and you keep your head down and you're thankful for that job and 
that's kind of the the message. Um, at <laughs> least it had been for my generation, and so um, you know, people do, they don't your parents don't generally tell you, hey, go start a business. That's seen as something risky in our yep. culture. So the idea that this thing has grown leaps and bounds since. Uh, the late 90s is huge. And I think there's a reason for it overall. Um, one, because women just still lag so much in the workplace um, from a pay standpoint and even from a stature standpoint when you look at them up against their male counterparts. This is something that's been going on a really long time. Are we making strides? Yes, we're making strides. Are they enough? In my opinion, not quite. Um, so, you know, that's one aspect of it. But the other piece of it, too, is if you're a woman that chooses to have children, the workplace has not caught up with this phenomena as yet. So, you know, Agreed. you essentially have to choose, although some people will have you think that you can have it all. You're having it all has to take on a whole new meeting. It's not the true having it all. It's Either you rise the ranks and you become this power player in corporate America, sans kids with frozen eggs somewhere, which, you know, that's a separate thing, and or you childbear and you childbear. (laughs) And, you know, I mean, unless you're lucky enough to be employed by a company that gets it and will allow you to be great. Um, beyond looking at you as though you're the lesser because you chose to have a family. And so, you know, we just haven't caught up with these things in this country. And I think that um, when your back is against the wall and you know you want more and you have to, and you have to provide because there are a lot of statistics on the books about, um, I can't remember what the numbers are, but about the fact that a lot of women are the breadwinners of their families. Yes. And so when your back is against the wall and you've got to do for your family and keep things afloat, you don't really have a choice. Whether you're good at entrepreneurship or not, you have to figure out a way. And so I think a lot of women are finding um, the flexibility they need and also finding um, that their passion can make them money. And the more people that discover that, they're going to continue to grow those numbers. I want to ask you a question, and this might spark some debate. I'm hoping it sparks some debate. Uh, I've, I've got my answer, and it's it's sort of after seeing several several companies uh, in my space. Uh, but do you do you believe women or men are better entrepreneurs, and why? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um... So I think that women and men have some unique powers in that realm um, that you don't find with either one or the other. So I I won't say one is better than the other. Um, I will say, you know, from a woman's standpoint, there's been plenty of studies that said that companies run by women have just been tremendously better run than ones with men at the helm. And so Mm -hmm. there's something to be said for that. And I think, you know, I think it's our nature in terms of being able to be empathetic and to look at things from many different avenues. That's just the way we're wired. It's never just a one track thing. It's, you know, 
maybe it could be this or that and, and just having a, a variety of thought. And I think that lends itself very well in business. Where we may lack and men may be better, I believe, is in the art of negotiation. Now, you may have really great women negotiators, but I think we tend to um, not play that card up as much as we should. It's very easy for a man to walk into a boardroom and, you know, if he's got to negotiate for something, know exactly what he's wanting going in and also can see before we're thinking enough to see what it, how he expects it to end and will negotiate to that end. Uh, that I don't feel is as innate with women. Not to say that we don't have some that do it, but it's a, a skill for me. I'll be completely transparent that I've learned over time. It's not yeah. at all, you know, something that I'm comfortable with, but it's like when you get knocked down enough, or when you find yourself coming up short, you have to kind of, you know, get a backbone and, and really go for what you want. And I think that's something men really, really excel at um, that, you know, women can kind of take a page out of their book with. So it, I think they're just some good pieces that each party brings to the table no matter what. But to say one is better than the other, I would be uncomfortable making that assessment. You know what? I totally agree. I totally agree. I, in a perfect world, you know, if, if I'm a business owner, and this is true in, in my case as a business owner, but, you know, I have both male and female mentors um, across various industries. Uh, and the reason why is because I want to sharpen my sword or sharpen my skills in a lot of different things. And like to your point, Men are better or generally better at some things. Women are generally better at other things. Um, and that's not to stereotype or, uh, you know, belittle either, either gender. Um, but I, I think that a lot can be, can be learned if you are one gender and you sit and you learn from another person of power or of, of stature, um, or that has a high position. And you just listen to their story and say, you know, how did, how did you get to where you are? Um, you can learn that from your gender and from others. So uh, I'll, yeah, I'll no. take that answer. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Glad. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no debate. No debate for me. People can <laughs> debate on, on Twitter. You know, they can make it a BuzzFeed of, uh, you know, week the first week, 10 reasons why men make better CEOs and, and the next week, 10 reasons why, or 11 reasons why women make better, you know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yep, uh, yeah. I, I, I agree with you. We can all learn it together. Uh, what, do, what do you do in your free time when you're not running the world <laughs> of, of talent management and social connections? In my free time, I spend a lot of time with the family, um, and that has to happen because when you're an entrepreneur, it kind of runs into exhausting hours, fun exhausting hours because it's yours. But, um, you know, some things have to go to the back burner from time to time. And if you're not careful of um, being cognizant of what impact that has on your family, um you know, you can get into the danger zone. So I try to be yep. sure that I 
balance as best as possible. You know, it's never 50-50, but I try to balance as best as possible what I need to do in business and also spending time with the family. Um, I like to cook. That's my thing. I just like to get into the kitchen. It's kind of like nirvana for me. I throw on the music and I just get in there and I create and it just gives me joy to like kind of cook things and put it there and for people to tell me that they enjoy my food. That's all I want to hear. I'm happy. Um, I like to rollerblade. I like to dance. So I would say those are the things I'm, I'm hoping to get into doing some painting, but I haven't quite gotten there yet. I'm hoping right. 2016 is going to be the year that I can throw up an easel, you know, pour a glass of wine and just kind of paint and see where that takes me. I like creative kinds of things. So we'll see if that happens right. next year. Right. I'm looking to get into more uh, biking and kayaking. Uh, odd to say, you know, at the start of fall, but uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> kayaking is awesome. Um, I did that like two, no, three years ago up in Maine in Bar Harbor, and went around this like whole perimeter of an island, and it was just like the most amazing experience ever <laughs> to be in that kayak and be that open and see the animals and just be able to take it all in. Go for it! I love it. Awesome. Well, I'll keep you posted on how it goes, and you'll see it on Instagram, and you'll see it on on nice. LinkedIn and, and Twitter. Yeah. Well, Janine, do you have any parting thoughts that you want to share with the audience? Um, just that, you know, if you are thinking about going into business, or if you've been floating with the idea of possibly being a business owner. I really just urge people to, I'm not saying jump headfirst into it, but pursue it. Like, don't put it off. Um, I think the best thing I did for myself is not kind of going down the, um, the typical path that I've kind of carved out for myself all along and just listening to, you know, the messages being open to the messages, listening to the messages, and just kind of following that where it was supposed to take me. There's something to this whole notion of you can't plan your life 100%. I'm somebody that really, really um, thought for a really long time that you can plan your life to a T. Uh, and I did that for a while until it didn't work and I wasn't necessarily happy with where I landed. And so I really, not so much that I don't plan anymore. It's still a part of who I am, but I am starting to lend myself to be more open to serendipity, if you will, because there's just something yeah. kind of magical about what happens when you let that happen to you. And yes, it's nerve wracking for somebody like me. Um, you, you have to take a lot of deep breaths and meditate and do yoga like I do. But um, <clears throat> it's it where it ends up is really magical and really fantastic. So if you're thinking about it and you're floating with ideas, just like I said, pursue, go for it. Yeah, and I, I echo that for the audience. Um, there's a lot of unlearning and deprogramming that I had to do as I took the leap and started my company. And even to this day, there's a lot of continual fighting the uh, programming or what's been taught or wired into my brain. And the more you do that and you come out successful, 
uh, you get more courage to keep on pressing on in your entrepreneurial goals. And, and so here we are. Yep. Here we are. Absolutely. <laughs> here we are. And then, you know, a year from now, we'll look back on this moment. Be proud that we kept on pushing. Absolutely. I agree. And how can people find you on, on the internet, Janine, and your company? So you can find out more about Talent Think Innovations at talentthinkinnovations.com. I also failed to uh, mention my baby, which is my blog, The Aristocracy of HR. So you can find me at thearistocracyofhr.com where you can find lots of great information, how-tos, anecdotes, um, help on all things talent management in HR. And from a social perspective, um, people can connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm on Twitter, at Zarina of HR, um, and also at Zarina of HR on Instagram, Pinterest, um, and Periscope, which is something that I'm delving into these days. So um, certainly check me out over there and see what I'm doing here. I am going to be launching a regular weekly show on um, Periscope in about a week or so called Ask Sarina Live, where I'll be doing some Q&A and connecting with people. So that should be fun. Uh, okay. I think I'll join Periscope just for that. I know there's <laughs> other reasons to join, but I haven't, I haven't signed up for it yet. So I'll start with, with, your, with your show and learn my way around. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, this has been another episode of Business Life and Coffee. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at JVPSED, and you can also check out other episodes at businesslifeandcoffee.com. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's the show. This has been another episode of Business Life and Coffee, the only podcast that simulates the experience of having coffee with a mentor, industry expert, or fellow colleague. If you've enjoyed this episode, Give us a five-star review on iTunes, and we'll read your comment on an upcoming show. You can find show notes, episodes, and resources for your career or business at businesslifeandcoffee.com. If you have a topic that you want to learn more about but don't have time to grab coffee with an expert, email us at info at businesslifeandcoffee.com and tune in for that topic on a future episode. Also, you can reach me at Twitter at JVPSaid. This is Joy Price signing out, and I'll see you next week. If you've recently started a business, why take away time from what you're good at, only to focus on difficult, pesky HR problems? Jumpstart HR LLC offers a better solution. Jumpstart HR provides HR outsourcing support to U.S.-based small businesses and startups and was recently ranked among the top 10 HR outsourcing firms in the country, according to businessnewsdaily.com. From recruitment to employee handbooks to legal compliance, Jumpstart HR helps you get peace of mind about the people in your business. Visit jumpstart-hr.com for more information or follow on Twitter at Jumpstart HR. Jumpstart HR, let's build a better business together.